Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. I want to close this out on this idea of living under an open heaven. You know, we've been talking about that in our stewardship, both financially and our finances and tithes and offerings. We've been talking about it in our time, in the giftings that God gives us. And I want to talk to you today. You know, last week we talked about the degree of commitment. Today I want to talk to you about your intentionality. I think sometimes we have been brought into a moment in time where we have lived in a, at least in our society here in the United States, wherever you might be living, uh, it might be a little bit different, but in our, in our society, in our nation, we have been educated under the idea of evolution, under the idea of the Big Bang Theory, that it just kind of evolves, and it's nothing we really did. In other words, the, uni- the, the world was started with a Big Bang. The world was started and it just, it just kind of happened, that there's no design to it. There's no thought. There's no intentionality to it. And you know, that thought process can actually enter into our spirit, it, that, that, that misnomer almost, if you would, because I believe that there is a, there, there is a master design behind um, all that we are. I believe in the creation. I believe that God created the heavens and the earth, as the Word of God says. I believe He's intentional about us, and we're going to talk about that today. And as a child of God, we need to live with intentionality in our ways of, uh, in our stewardship with our finances. We need to be intentional with our time. We need to be intentional with the gifts that God has given us. You see, in that passage of scripture, in fact, how many of your Bibles say yes? Good. If you don't, say oops. You know, we have a little bit of a debate in our hub on whether carrying your Bible in your phone is really carrying your Bible. But I just shout out to our hub with that. But in the, I always want you to know whether you're opening up your Bible on your phone or you're really opening up the, the actual book, get your Bible out. And turn with me, if you would, to Malachi, the third chapter. We've been camping on this passage of Scripture for the last month. And I believe it is so important for us to understand this. Because there is a component. There is just basically four words that says that, that dictates our intentionality in our finances. Our intentionality in our stewardship as we serve God. Now, we've, we've understood that we can rob God. We've understood that we can, uh, we can live under a closed heaven, that he, that he will, um, according to the ways that we give in our finances, in our time, in our gifts, in all of that, he, we, we can open up heaven or we can live under the curse of heaven. And I think it's interesting when you see that too, because in the word of God, it says there that the, that the heavens are brass and the earth is iron. In other words, you could live almost in a metal box all around you. That everything that you put your hand to when, we are not, when we're not generous in our finances, when we're not generous in our time, when we're not generous in our gifting and giving them out first, will even make the earth iron around us that we can't penetrate through and plant good seed. It's hard to plant good seed in our children, plant good seed in our marriage, plant good seed in the kingdom of God. 
simply because we're not willing to open up our lives and give and give according to what God has said. But I want to talk to you about this and what it means to be intentional. In Malachi, the, eight, the third chapter, verses 8 through 11, we see those, but there are four words right there. It says, test me in this. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. How many of you ever walked into a classroom? Vicki, my wife, tells me all the time that there were certain um, classes that she went into. In fact, she always says, I went, to school for, <laughs> I went to school for the social. And there would be times where there was a pop quiz or there would be a test. And all of us have done this, that we've walked in and, and all of a sudden somebody says, well, are you ready for the test? I'm like, what test? What test? Are you kidding? Harry, tell me, tell me, tell me what it is. What, what do I need to know? What are, and we try to cram for the test. Well, you know, in the things of God, we can't really cram for because they build one on another. There's times where we have to be intentional. We start out with that intentionality of tithes and offerings. We start out with that intentionality of maybe getting up a little bit earlier and giving some time to God to let him speak to us. We realize and, and we go in and realize that he's given us some gifts and that we're unique, that we're, we're made in a way that no one else is made. And he says to each one of us, I have done this. Now I want you to test me in this. In other words, you're going to, you, you have an opportunity to give God the test, to sit there and test him, to be intentional in this. You see, as we walk through that, we need to understand that there is an intentionality to God, that he is intentional. You see, he says there, I have already planned out everything that you're going to do in life, that he wants to open up heaven. In fact, that word open up heaven in there says, test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven and give you the, and bless you with your wildest dreams. As a child of God, we're called to live in such a way to be intentional, to walk and talk intentionally, to have faith intentionally, to understand that our future will be dictated by our intentional living. So I want you to say it like you mean it and believe it, and I want you to intentionally, in your ways, live this way. So let's say it today, and let's say it together. Today, I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five all around you and say, I believe it for you too. And I want to just encourage you to um, text out, maybe message somebody. If you're, on, if you're on Facebook, put out a message to all of your friends saying, hey, join me in this time. Join me as we walk together as children of God. So I want to talk to you about this idea of, of intentionality. You see, God, from the very beginning of, the, of life, from the very beginning of, our, of this planet being existing, he was intentional. He had a plan. And I want you to think about that for a moment, that idea of the open heaven. And there is something that happens with us that when we're obedient in the plan and we become intentional. In fact, in Mark, the first chapter in verse 10, we see about the baptism of Jesus. 
And that baptism of Jesus was so, I, I believe spiritually and physically was an intense time. I believe that it bro broke open something in the heavenlies. In fact, we even see it where it says there that he saw heaven open. In one translation, it says he saw heaven tore open, that it was torn and the spirit came down like a dove. It's interesting because it was almost as if the picture of his salvation and his infilling of the Holy Spirit. We saw him go down in the baptism, in the water, and that, that water, as we talk about, the water baptism. And can I just encourage you, as, as you're planning, this coming weekend, um, coming up uh, in, in the first, uh, first Sunday of April, you need to be baptized if you haven't already been. Jesus was baptized, and he says to follow me. Follow me as I command you. If you love me, you will follow my commandments. And I want to just encourage you to be ready for baptism. You can even text, uh, you can text the number to, you can text to the number on your screen that you can see right there and just say baptism and we'll get information for you. Type the word baptism in the chat box if you're on Facebook Live and we can get you information. Type it in the, in our online and go from there and, and, and we will get you all the information you need and you can sign up to be baptized. We've already had people saying, I want to be baptized. It's an important thing because that's the sign and the symbol of our salvation. But then as soon as Jesus comes out, it says there that the heavens were torn in two. It was ripped open and the dove came down or the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. And it, lied on, it lit on his shoulder. In other words, he was endued with power at that moment. The Spirit of God came. And the next thing we see is that it says that the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I want to be led. I want to be led by the Spirit. And the way that we're led by the Spirit is living under that open heaven where that Spirit can come up and down and up and down and just keep flowing through, flowing from the throne of grace on in. But even in Isaiah, the, cha the 64th chapter of Isaiah, and first it says, Isaiah's calling out and saying, Oh, that you would rend or tear open heaven and come down. Oh, don't you want that for yourself? I know I want it for myself. I want to live under such an open heaven that blessings will be amazing. That the blessings of God, his presence, his, his, his nurturing, his care would be all over us. And I know that you want it as well as I do. But then there was a moment in time where we see this violent action. You see, an open heaven is a violent action. It is, it's almost like it's ripping open, the, um, ripping open a gift. Have you seen on Christmas where the children come in and, and you kind of have to hold them back? You say, no, 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 it's not time. Come on, is it time? My, my, my grandkids will come over. Papa Jay, is it time? Is it time to, to watch? I mean, I some of my kids still go like, Dad, is it time? We got to go. We got to go. But honestly, I'm more like that. I'm like, get in. Let's open up and just tear open the gifts. That's, that's the, what the picture means. And in Mark, the 15th chapter in verse 38 we see at Christ's crucifixion when he said, it is finished. It was at that moment, and it says that the veil, the curtain between the Holy of Holies and the holy place was ripped in two. Heaven opened that moment, and the Spirit of God came rushing out. And we see later in 1 Corinthians, it says there, don't you know that you are a temple? Don't you know that you're the holy of holy? Don't you know that you are that holy place? 
That the, that the very moment of heaven was ripped in two at the crucifixion, at the it is finished of Christ on the cross. And that veil was ripped in two. It's the same word rend. It's the same word tear as it was in, in Isaiah, the 64th chapter, as it was in Mark and in, as the baptism. It's the same word that he says there. And he says, I want to open it up. I want to tear open and I want to get to you. It's kind of like the, the groom that's sitting there anxiously awaiting the bride to come down. And as soon as those doors fly open and the bride comes in, it's like the, you can just see in his face, oh, why I am here has just entered the room. And every time that we give of our finances, we give and we're open in our in our um, uh, time, we're open in our, in our gifts. It's like heaven just opens up, the doors open up, and the bridegroom is there, and he goes, this is what I'm here for. Such an incredible, incredible picture. But I want you to understand that God is intentional in that. From the very beginning of time, he was intentional. In Genesis, the third chapter, we see his intentionality. When, when uh, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they, they sinned, and God came down and he, he realized it was going on. He says, what happened? Why did you do what I asked you not to do? Why did you violate and why did you, tell, uh, why did you disobey? And then they talked and it was the snake or the serpent there. And we understand the serpent, serpent being that bodily form of the devil. And he says there, he, God looks at him and says, I want you to understand something. I'm going to make you an enemy of the woman and his and her offspring is going to you're going to bruise her offspring's heel but he is going to bruise your head. In other words, I want you to know again this idea of the open heaven it is a violent thing. It is something that God cherishes in your life. He wants you to live under an open heaven and it comes out as a Christmas morning present to be ripped wide open. And he says there, and he looks at it, and he says, you will come in, and he will, you will bruise his heel. It's like a pebble in your shoe, and it feels a little bit discomforting. But he's going to bruise your head. In other words, he's going to punch you out. He's going to take you off. He's going to take your head off, is what God says about Christ. You see, that was a prophetic, it was a prophetic picture. It was a prophetic word that says the offspring of the woman... The offspring, the one that is coming in, Christ himself, the word made flesh, the one that is the mighty warrior, the captain of the host, the, the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the wheel within a wheel, the strong tower has come to take off the head of the enemy. You, can I just say to you this? You win. When you live under an open heaven, when you're willing to live in such a way that heaven tears open and pours out on you and comes into you, when you live that way, you win. You have no other choice but to win because the one that is inv invading your life is the one who's going to take the head of the enemy off. Oh, he may distract you with a pebble in your shoe. He might distract you with other things. But can I tell you, you win. Because God is intentional. That was Genesis 3, 15, at the very beginning, before there was any other humans on the planet. It was Adam and Eve, and that was it. And God had a plan. He was intentional. He says there, I want you to understand. I want you to be in, I'm, you are in, 
I want you to understand, I am going to be intentional. He says in Psalm 139, I have formed your most inward parts. You see, the psalmist is talking to God and he's understanding. And the psalmist understood right then and there that God is intentional. He formed, he knitted, he come intricately woven, the Bible says, that you were, that the, the days of your life are written in the book, every single one of them, every day of your life is already written. And it's up to you to live that way. It's up to you to seek him and find him. You see, the Bible is very clear. It says, seek me and you will find me. Seek, that's again, that understanding of the intentionality. God is first intentional in your life so that then you can just follow his intentionality. But you have to be intentional in that, in testing him to seeing that it will be right, to seeing that it will be good, to knowing those areas. He formed you in, his mother's, in, in your mother's womb. He didn't speak you into existence. He formed you into existence. Everything else of creation, he spoke into existence. The sun and the moon and the stars, he spoke into existence. All the lands and the seas that, were, that came in and out, the firmament as it separated out, and it was the clouds in there and the, and the, and the seas of the, of the planet. All of that was spoken into existence. Only you were created by his hand. Only you were formed. It says that he knitted you in, the, in your mother's womb, in the depths of the earth, he says there. He says they're in the intricate parts. Can I just tell you what that means? Is there, it says there that he even formed and knitted your personality. What makes you laugh and what makes you cry? What makes you angry and what makes you at peace? He is the one. Don't let anybody tell you that you were a mistake. Don't let anybody tell you that you were, you're not worth it. Oh, somebody may have come along and say, oh, you were a mistake. We didn't plan to have you, but God planned to have you. Can I tell you today, you need to understand that he took time knitting every intricate part of you, every vessel, every sinew, every muscle, every skin, bit of skin, every hair follicle, every color in the flecks of your eye. He formed. You see, God has a plan. He says there in Isaiah 61 and 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. In other words, this is the passage of scripture that Jesus quotes out of the passage or opens up the scroll and goes right to it and begins to read it saying, this is about me. God had a plan for his son from the very beginning, Genesis 3, 15, all the way to Isaiah 61 and 1, all the way into Mark. He has a plan. He looks at it. And when we fall, when we find ourselves in obedience to that plan, the heavens rip open, the, the, the violent blessing comes down, and things begin to happen. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and before you were born, uh, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet. He's saying to Jeremiah, you need to understand something. I had this plan for you before you even existed, before you were a twinkle or a spark in your father's eye or a movement in your mama's belly. I knew what you were going to be. All you have to do is follow it. Ecclesiastes, the sixth chapter, I believe it's verse 10, says there that you have a destiny and there's no use in fighting against it. You will just break yourself against the destiny that God has for you. 
Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need. Can I tell you, you might feel like you don't have enough, that your enough doesn't have enough, that, you're, that you don't, your bills are higher than your money, that it seems like every time you turn around, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough resources, and you don't have enough giftings to do anything. But can I tell you, you don't need enough time, and you don't need enough money, you don't need enough resources, you don't have, if you just open up and allow Him, if you first give to Him as that first fruit of your time, of your money, of your giftings, what God says is, I will supply your every need according According to my resources? No, according to his resources. Can, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your well-being, plans to lift you up and to give you good and not evil, a plan to give you a future and a hope. This is why we say every single Sunday, I have a future that is out of this world. And you can decide, Romans 8 and 28 says this, and I know that the days who, the, I know that those who love God will, all things will work together for good. In other words, it doesn't matter what you go through today. I don't want to sound hard and crass, but can I just tell you, with, the, with all of the wars and the rumors of wars and the end times seeming to be coming headlong into us, can I just tell you, none of that matters when it comes to the children of God because he, all things work together. All of the dark and the gloom and the mountaintop and the sun shining and the rain coming and the storms and all of the everything else, the sand beneath our feet and the song, sure foundation that we stand upon in the word of God, all of that goes away when we understand that everything works together for good as long as we are loving the Lord. No matter what happened to you yesterday or what's going to happen to you tomorrow, you can rest assured on this one thing. The heaven is open under you because God has already planned those things. God is intentional, so we can be intentional. When we are intentional in our generosity, when we literally take God at his word and say, test me in this. He says, and see if I don't open up heaven. See if I don't rip it apart. See if I don't pour out blessings. See if I don't do the wildest dreams. But for my part, on this, here's what I will do. This is God. This is how intentional he is. He has already planned ahead of time of what he's going to do when you show your intentionality. When you test him in this, here's how you're going to know that he's passing the test. Is that when you give of your finances, when you give of your time, when you give of your gifts, he says, this is what I'm going to do on my part. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to grace you. Think about that. We're living in a society right now that you can, get, you can offend anybody by just waking up in the morning. Just by putting your feet on the floor, somehow, somewhere, somewhere is going to be offended. No matter what we say, no matter what you do, there's going to be offense on there. The Bible even says it at the last days, there's great offense that will come across the, the planet. I've watched people that are very innocently walking through and standing in such a way and somebody will go, what are you looking at? I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? It's almost as if there is no grace in our society anymore. There's no grace for the past. There's no grace for the present. And all that we do is condescendingly and condemningly look into the future and figure out that if you did it then and you do it now, you'll do it in the future. And there is no grace. And yet, this is what God says. If you will test me in your giving, if you will test me in these things, 
I will let you be known as a country, as a people of grace. You will be voted the happiest nation. Can I tell you that in the middle of these days that we are living with the dark cloud of war and the dark cloud of confusion and the dark cloud of offense and the dark cloud of condemnation and the no margin for error or anything else, can I tell you, he can still bring happiness into your life. He can still bring joy into your life simply for this one reason is because you have decided to live intentionally just like he has. Ephesians, the fifth chapter and verse 17 says, look carefully on how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. So therefore, don't be foolish. Don't, don't, don't be a fool in these things, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We've been talking about the will of the Lord and you need to find it to walk justly, to love mercy and to act humbly in, in every area of your life. When he says to give, give. We don't need to pray about it. We just need to follow the word, to be uh, obedient in it. Proverbs, the, uh, Proverbs 21 and 5 says, the plans of the diligent, the plans of the diligent. That means that every single, you wait, every single day you wake up, you spend time planning your day. Every single day that you live, you are going to focus on those plans. It says there, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. If you're just flying by the seat of your pants, don't think about it. Can I tell you, the Big Bang Theory doesn't work in your money. The Big Bang Theory doesn't work in your gifts. You've got to hone those gifts. What God has gifted you and passioned you with, you need to work on that, to perfect it, to practice it, to go forward on it. Many, I guess it's many years ago now, but I remember somebody says, boy, I'll tell you what, you sure are a better preacher than you used to be. And I used to, at one point, kind of take offense to that until one time I looked at him like, well, I hope so. I hope that after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, now we're going on 30 plus, close to 40 years of me doing this and speaking. I hope that my delivery is a little bit better than it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I hope that my first sermon at age 12, which eight minutes long, was, was not as quality as this one is today. I would hope that's the case. For this reason is, is because I have planned diligently every day of my life to make sure that my today is better than my yesterday and work diligently because it won't be as good as my tomorrow. And that's the way we need to live. But the only way we can live that way in the open heaven is that if we plan every single thing out. First Chronicles, the 16th chapter, 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. That word seek means to diligently focus, to, to, to look for it. I remember when we were kids, we would go out in the, um, in, in the night in, in the neighborhood and we'd play kick the can. Or we'd go and play hide and seek. 
And in fact, I gotta be honest with you, tell you a little story about our young people. We were here in our Munster campus where our youth center is at. And the kids had decided that they're gonna play hide and seek. And we, it, the whole building is ours to use for our young people. And they're going and, and hiding around. And that was one of the things that they were doing just to have some fun. And we couldn't find this one kid until all of a sudden I look up and I'm looking down the, the row and there are two legs sticking out of the ceiling of our, of our Munster campus. And I look down and I'm like, what the world? Well, one of our young students had decided that a great hiding place would be to jump up into the attic of the thing. He hadn't been up there before, and he stepped in a place where his legs went right through the ceiling. Now, that created a little bit of a hole. But you get the point. Sometimes we think we're just going to go out there and, oh, hey, I'm just going to sit back and wait till God comes. I'm going to wait till he shows up. Can I tell you? He says, no, I want you to go find me. I want you to seek me. And I want you to seek my strength. That word strength literally means my provision. My, be, I want you to seek me as a strong tower. I want you to seek my protection. I want you to seek my defense. I want you to seek what I have for you. I want you to go after it. And when you find it, I want you to embrace it. And I want you to hold on to it. You see, that's the important thing that we have, is that if we're going to live under an open heaven, we've got to be intentional about it. Because we call the shots on whether the heaven stays open, or it gets limited, or it gets completely closed as a heaven of brass and earth of iron. But today, I want to just encourage you with this. Now, to do that, we have some resources for you. To do that, we don't want to just leave you out hanging. I believe when we say to test the Lord, we need to be intentional on testing Him and how it happens. I could just tell you, well, just give all you, you know, give your money, give your ten percent, and we can walk all that through. But maybe you need to go through some, so you know, some soul searching. You need to go through your finances and and checking out. You need to start getting the idea of creating a budget. We believe so much in you. We believe that you are have a place at the table of an open heaven because God has intentionally made you, formed you, created you. And that way then we want to intentionally test him in this and intentionally go out and make, make the most of our time, make the most of our money, make the most of our gifts to walking in the prosperity of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Remember, he wants to prosper you, not tear you down. He wants to build you up and not make you one that, that is constantly scrapping for everything that you've got. But it all begins with us being willing to give and watch him pour out on us. Well, listen, I, know what, I, I just know with all my heart that God is going to bless you in incredible ways. But can I just say that the only way that that can happen is first and foremost is if we commit our life to Christ. I said it the last few weeks, and I want to say it again. All of this is, is for you if you first and foremost give your life to Christ. If you give your life to Christ, he will begin to all open up those heavens. He will first open up with salvation. He will begin to open up in so many different ways. Now, we don't give our life to Christ so that we can be blessed. We give our life to Christ because he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. But in the meantime, as we walk through here, he resources us 
He blesses us. He rips open heaven and pours out on us. So I want you to, if you are there and you say, I want to commit my life to Christ, before I do anything else, I want to commit my life to Christ, I want you just to type in that chat box, open, open, open. If you're around somebody right and say, I want to commit my life to Christ today, then I want you just to simply look at them and say, I'm going to open up. I'm going to open my life to Christ. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Every single person would, but especially those that you're saying, I need Christ in my life. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today... I give you my life. I give you my open heart. I ask that you come in and be the Lord of my life. Be the leader. Be my savior. I thank you, Lord, that you are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords. I believe, I declare, I confess, and I proclaim that you are the son of God and that God raised you from the dead. And I pray these in your name, Jesus Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe without, with all of our heart that you are a child of the Most High God, that he has just adopted you in, and he's filled you and flooded you with his spirit. And I, I just believe that with all of my heart. And Vicki and I were praying for you, and we believe that God has blessed you already. But I want to just invite everyone, if you would, to just stretch out your hand. And we want to just uh, pray a blessing and speak a blessing over every one of you. If you would, just stretch your hand toward us, and we want to bless you. I bless you now. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families, that your, your marriages would be uh, lighthouses in your neighborhood, that your kids would be uh, blessed to the thousandth generation as you follow the Lord and raise, raising them according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, to pay them on time, and that you would have such margin that you would be giving according to his word in first fruits, in tithes, and in offerings. I bless you now in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. I bless you now that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Go and be a blessing to all around you in Jesus' name. Blessings on you guys. We're praying for you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.